everybody. This is Tyler. This is Danny. And we're the Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies as per every week. I mean, I don't know. This might be your first time. It ain't ours. So we'd like to welcome you. And uh, we're going to get to the first things that we always get to. And since part of this is getting stoned, we got to get in our green hits. Danny, what is this wonderful, wonderful Jay that you handed me today? Awesome. So this week I brought you over a strain I've brought over several times before, and I'm sure you have as well. And that strain is Sour Diesel. And I picked this up over at Flower. And with that being said, for those who don't know, it's also known as Sour D. Maybe it's known as Sour D's. Anyhow, it's a popular. Sour D's nuts. Yeah, I know, right? It's a popular sativa marijuana strain. It's a cross of Chem Dog and Super Skunk. Now the effects on this, it states that you might feel a little bit dreamy, some cerebral effects, fast acting and energizing effects. Just like the name kind of indicates, it does have a pungent flavor and a smell like diesel. This helps with depression, pain, and stress. And uh, yeah, this one clocks in right around 30.5% over at Flower on THC. I also went to Flower, went sort of the, the other side of things, and brought you a little indica strain by the name of Zen Master. Now, Zen Master is a cross of Master Kush and White Cookies. There's not too much info on this particular strain, so I looked up what I could on the parent strains. Yeah. Master Kush is bred from two different land race Kush strains from the Hindu Kush region. And White Cookies is Girl Scout cookies mixed with White Widow. Nice. So all kind of classic things coming together. If you're into weed, you probably know Kush. <laughs> you probably know oh, yeah. Widow. Probably know some GSC. This is just bringing it all together, baby. Love it. So you got some Zen Master. I haven't tried it before, so you're going to have to let me know how that is. I like it. I like yeah. it. This week, before we get too far into the episode, we are going to be talking about Lesson of the Evil. Before we get there, I'd just like to remind you all, go check out our Patreon. As this is kind of a weird two-parter, as far as that's concerned... Since, uh, at the very least, with the Patreon, you can get these episodes a week early. But also, if you're at least the middle tier and up, then last week you would know we covered Visitor Q. So now we're following it up with some more Mike. Oh, yeah. It's, we're going we're gonna to double up our Mike two weeks in a row. We'll talk about more of that in a minute, but, you know, patreon.com slash fried squirms. One dollar, three dollar, and five dollar levels, something like that. I double-checked to make sure that some of that shit was working this weekend. You can definitely get those episodes early. We'd highly appreciate it if uh, you guys would go check that shit out. Even if you don't want to sign up now, there's a poll on that front page to let us know what kind of content you would like to see from a Patreon from us. But I think that's about all I got in this first section. I don't, I don't think there's anything else I have to say. We talked about weed. We're starting to smoke. <laughs> I think we should just get into the guts and bolts of Lesson of the Evil. What do you say? I like it. All right. Guts and bolts. All right. Guts and bolts. Who and what went into the making of this movie? Spoiler free. Start you off with our spoiler free setup for the movie. Oof. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm trying to decide how much I can say because we did last episode, which not everybody heard. We told them to go watch the trailer. There's some things that are given away by the trailer, but I don't know how much I want to say them right now. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I totally feel you there. 
So how about let's leave it this vague. The hot, cool teacher at school might not be all that he seems. Some of his students are about to find out. Or like his entire homeroom classroom is about to find out. <laughs> yeah, that's the mild version, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's wow. some sinister things going on. Hey, it's, I can't argue there, man. It's going to be fun. <laughs> all right. So, of course, we like to talk about the cast and crew from week to week. And this week, we are continuing our run. Even though some of our listeners might have missed it, we are continuing our run with a Takeshi Miike film. And uh, it's a gentleman we've talked about several times before. Two reasons for this particular film is we reviewed it not only last week, but our second film we ever reviewed, and that was Visitor Q. We talked about Takeshi back on episode 23 when he did the Masters of Horror episode imprint. Mm-hmm. We talked about him on episode 87. We had our friend Sean over. That was our, I want to say maybe our first test or fright. It was Ichi the Killer, episode 87. I'm almost certain it was. Was that, sh- that wasn't Sean, was it? Yeah, I had it written down as Sean. I almost wondering no, Jeff came over. I think That's that right. was Jeff. Yeah, you're right. Because Sean was Martyrs. You're absolutely right. So Jeff was on for Ichi. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that was our second tester fright wow. test run, and we used nothing from what we learned. Gosh, yeah, what we okay, learned right. was we had Sean we don't over do for anything from that. Run. Yeah, damn, that's wild. <laughs> it's been a while. All right, so episode one twenty one, we talked about audition, and episode one eighty eight, his segment box for three extremes. Mm. Ooh, I almost forgot about, about that yeah, for some reason. A lot. And once again, we've talked about the fact that he's directed well over 100 films. He's done everything from like television shows, dramas, kids things, horror, of course, action. I mean, just all kinds of cross-genre subject matter. If there's something he does more than anything else, it would be Yakuza crime dramas. Right. That being said, he often mixes that with other things. Like technically, E.G. the Killer is a Yakuza crime drama. True, it is. But it's not. Yeah, because that's not really what it's about. <laughs> uh, but you, y- can't, you can't say it's not. Yakuza Apocalypse is a Yakuza crime drama. I've started watching that movie. Oh, it's yeah. not, <laughs> but it is. True. So <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on in this film. There's that, a lot of that in like DOA and stuff too, isn't there? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Those mm-hmm. are two, there's a couple of those, I think at least two I haven't seen in that specific series. All right, so moving forward, this was based on the novel Aku no Kyoten, and that was written by Yusuke Kishi. And, of course, Takeshi Miike helped write the screenplay. The cinematographer on this is Nobuyasu Kita, and this gentleman, he's got some pretty cool films to his credit. It starts off with such things as Crow's Zero Part Two. That was back in uh, 2009. He's also helped in Elevator Trap as a film. I've kind of had my eyeballs on for a bit. 13 Assassins, Harikiri, Death of a Samurai. He's also helped with Shield of Straw, which I've heard is actually a pretty good film. As the Gods Wills, another Takeshi film. Mm. He's also helped with Blade of the Immortal. Which is, I've rewatched that just a couple weeks ago. Right. Fucking fantastic. And work. a film I still need to watch. It's a film I picked up way back in December when I was in South Carolina, but that is First Love from mm. 2019, another Takeshi film. All right, we have... Kenji Yamishita, he is our editor on this. Another gentleman's got some really cool films. Those include Zebra Man 2, Attack of Zebra City, 13 Assassins, Harikiri, Ace Attorney, Shield of Straw, 
As the Gods Will, Yakuza Apocalypse, and Blade of the Immortal. All right. We have music composed by Koji Endo, another gentleman we've talked about. Pretty much every film I've listed by Takashi Miike. Been coded. Okay. So that makes that easy. All right. Special effects were done by OLM Digital. They helped with the CGI in this. Oh, okay. I'll say what CGI, but then I realized, no, there's a little bit of CG. There is. This was produced by Koji Azuma, Toru Mori, and Masaku Saka. Production companies in this were Bengei Shunju, Dentsu, Nippon Shupan, Hanbai, KK, Oriental Light and Magic, that's the OLM, and Toho Company. All right, the distributor in this for the 2012 Japanese theatrical release was Toho Company. It had a few different release dates. One of them was uh, November 9th, 2012 in Italy at the Rome Film Festival, and then across Japan on November 10th, 2012. And I didn't get a budget, but man, it's gross. Worldwide is $25.9 million. And there's a big bad reason. I can't reason. imagine that this was an extremely high budget. Like, it looks no, good and polished, but... But not a crazy budget. I can't imagine that. No. But part of the reason why it drew so much is because of this particular actor I'm about to mention in our cast. And I'm going to lead off with Hideaki Ito, and he plays Seiji Hasumi. Yeah, yeah. So with that being said, let me get into this guy's film critic, because he's got some wild films. All right, so... Well, I think I know him mostly because he's the lead guy in Sukiyaki Western That's Django. Wild, isn't it? Which I love that like fucking we've talked about Takashi and fucking sucked yeah. his dick so many times <laughs> on this fucking podcast. But maybe my favorite flick of his is actually a western. It's a great film, man. I'm not gonna deny you that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in a bunch of the Umizaru films. There's like what, four of them that I'm seeing yeah. here. Yeah, he was also a part of like a Common Rider Zero film. That's a couple of those films we've talked about just in some of the cast members from previous Japanese films. He's had his uh, fair share of stuff in television. There's another film I'm kind of curious about. It's called Terraformars. Mm. It's uh, another Takashi film. Looks pretty interesting. Yeah, so Princess Blade, like I said, a lot of television, but because of his popularity and you know, he's a pretty handsome guy. There's a lot of people that were attracted to this film because of his pull. Hence a lot of the numbers. Mm. All right, moving forward, we have Takuyuki Yamada plays role of Tetsuro Shibahara, which is one of the teachers in this film. Uh, who is also in that Terraformers. Yeah, I know. It's pretty wild. <laughs> All right, so another one of um, these guys have got some really cool films. So... He was in the film H2, which I'm kind of curious about. It's one of those films I believe that Tartan has, which they put out a lot of like Asian extreme horror films. Uh, 13 Assassins is probably where I best know him. Yeah, that makes sense, too. <laughs> yeah, let's see here. He was in Crow Zero, another Takeshi film. Ikigami, uh, Crow Zero 2. Yeah, he was in Oba, Last Samurai. Arakawa, Under the Bridge, which is another film I'm going to be mentioning here in just a little bit with some other actors. You write Terraformers. Oh, yeah, JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, so stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of neat. Looks like he's done some voice work in some video games as well. So, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. All right, we have Mitsura Fukukoshi plays the role of Masunobu Sori, which is another one of the teachers in the film. Now, a few films of note from him. He was in Gamera 2, Attack of Legion. Oh, shit, good for him. Yeah, he was in That's the film cool. Love Exposure, a film I actually own as a movie called Coldfish. That's the Sansono flick, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Coldfish is another Sion Sono mm. film. Yeah. 
He was also in the film A Girl Missing and Red Post on Escher Street. All right, we have Takihiro Hira. This is um, the role of Takeki Kume, which is another one of the teachers in the film. Now, he was in Memories of Tomorrow. He was in the film Harakiri, Death of a Samurai. He's also an ace attorney, Lost Girls and Love Hotels, and the film Snake Eyes. All right, we have Shota Somatani, plays the role of Kasuke Hiyami, was one of the students. They are in the film Himitsu. They're also in the film Wood Job. They're also in Parasite Part 1 and 2. They're also part of the Snow White murder case and the film First Love, which is a Takeshi Miike film. All right, we have Shun Miyazato, who plays the role of Nioki Isada. That's another one of the students. This is really the only film of note. All right, we have Fumi Nakaido, who plays the role of Reka Karagiri. She's one of the students in the film. She has a pretty important role. Like I said, some of these is going to be kind of vague right now. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? All right, so she is in the films The Boy Inside, a film I've kind of, another one of those I've had my eyeballs on for a while, is a film called Why Don't You Play in Hell? She's also in a, a film I've heard is pretty fucked up. It's a film called The World of Kanako. And the live version of Inuashiki, which is like uh, the manga anime Inuasha. Mm, mm-hmm. right? We have just a few other people. We have Elena, or maybe some people see her as Irena Mizuno. She plays the role of Miya Yasahara. Now, two films of note from her. She was in the film Shock Labyrinth and the film Z Island. All right, we have Kento Hayashi, plays the role of Masahiko Meijami. They're in the film Dive. They're the other person I was talking about was in the film Arakawa Under the Bridge. Okay. He's in the film Erased, Bittersweet, uh, Soap Bubble, Cherry Boys, Parasite in Love, in the film Inubu the Dog Club. And we have Kenta Darvish, who plays the role of Masahiro Tadanuma. He's in the film Hazy and Love for Beginners. And last but not least, I have... Kodai Asaka, he plays the role of Yuichiro Nogoshi. He's one of the kids towards the end of the films. Okay. All right, and just a few things of note from him. He was in the film Your Turn to Kill, which just came out last year. He's also in the film Inubu from last year. He's in the film Cheer Boys. He's in the 2018 film Psychic Agents. He's in a film called Pumpkin and Mayonnaise. I don't know what that's about. In the film. That, that sounds weirdly sexual for some I reason. No, he's uh, in the film Cherry Blossom Memories, 2014's film Fatal Frame. Oh shit! Based on the video game series, I'm almost I'm gonna certain. guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the Liar and His Lover from 2013. He's been a bunch of like drama series in Japan and stuff like that too. So that pretty much rounds out our cast. <laughs> yeah, if you're crew. familiar with Japanese TV, you might know a lot more of these people than we do. But ah, uh, I know, man. Now, I'm going to maybe talk about it in the next section, but I do want to bring it up right now because this is uh, maybe getting a little bit into the spoilers. Maybe. It's just about uh, one of the songs that's played in this. Now, here's something I found Ooh. interesting, right? Because one of the, the female you know, cast members, I think it's one of the students, which will make sense, is um, she's a voice actress as well, and she actually did the dubbed version of Wednesday Adams. And some of the Adams oh, films. No right? shit. Okay. Now, here's something interesting when you look at Mac the Knife, because there was a 1976 version of it. I guess they used it for Moratat. But it starred Raul Julia in the uh, New York Shakespeare Festival. Now, Raul Julia played Gomez yes. Adams. <laughs> That's fucking movies. wild. I'm like, whoa, that is kind of trippy. So there's a little bit of trivia right there. So... Aside from that, that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. I mean, there's a lot of other people that are in this film. 
these are the ones that Wikipedia chose to highlight for whatever reason. But um, there is I mean, there's so a lot many of fucking kids in this film, and I'm wow. sure most of them probably have at least a little bit of a career. Oh, they certainly do. The, if you really want to know, I used Asian Wiki. That mm. helps a lot with like foreign, especially Asian yeah. films. And oh yeah, it shows exactly who they are. Some of the films are in and things like that. A lot more than you'll get with the Wiki or the database. Yeah. So that helps. But there's just a lot of people in this movie. A lot. And honestly, you probably already mentioned more than we really needed to, but... Yeah. I like to say some of those... For I mean, they'll, they'll make sense the yeah. further we get into this film. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. God, I'll, I'll admit, though, I forgot oh. some of their names. I just remember what part they play, but... Warnings. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, this is what we're all here for. Look, we can't give the true warning to this movie without mentioning a little bit of a spoiler. I'll say it's not the biggest spoiler because it's kind of hinted at in the trailer. Exactly. But, like, this is kind of a school shooting movie. 100% accurate. It doesn't play out, like, the way we normally think of, especially in American school shootings, but it is a school shooting movie. Wow. So wow, there's a lot of fucking gunplay. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of blood, a lot of blood, and a wow. lot of kids getting shot. Yes, and there's a lot of implied, I mean, sexual things in this. Mm -hmm. one, is what I'm trying to say too, with underage students. Yes, from multiple teachers. Yes, so. That doesn't get as graphic as the violence does, no, but, but it's content that's there. Yes. Maybe some language here. Maybe some language, in. but it probably also depends on the subtitles you got. I already argue that, <laughs> you know. Or if you understand Japanese. Yeah, then you could probably do better than we can with that. So <laughs> you got us there. I'm trying to think. Um, other than that, that it's there's not much to warn about, though. Other than that, it's pretty straightforward, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of violence and gun violence. If you're here for Takeshi, then you then you know what you're getting. <laughs> if you can get through any of the other Takashi oh, Miike yeah. flicks that we have covered, this is the tamest. You could argue that maybe more controversial subject matter than yeah. some of them, but this is yeah, that's a good point too. I mean, that's arguable though too. Like this is more controversial than say audition oh. would be. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it is way tamer than Audition. Gosh, I know it's comparatively. There's, yeah, there's like there's there's levels to his his genius, his madness, if you will. So he's <laughs> like, all right. Uh, mm, yeah, I'd uh, say maybe be a toss up between this and Ichi, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imprint's more fucked up though, without a doubt. Visitor Q's more fucked up, but in different ways. I think honestly with, with Western audiences and this is no, you know, like backhand or nothing, but I think it's going to be a lot harder for a lot of Westerners to, to get through. Yes. More so than probably like maybe Europeans or, and that's no slight. It's just, it's just a different mindset culturally. And yeah, I mean, we have to deal with history, this fucking headline way more often. Saying, considering history with it, it makes a lot more sense while we would be more sensitive to this subject matter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess keep that in mind. But it is at its heart, right? And that's why I said it's not a slight, movie. but yeah, I've, it's heavy regardless. I guess with that, let's just get in to actually talking about the lesson. 
right? It's not even the lesson, is it? It's just lesson, lesson of, of the yeah. evil. How does that make you squeal? All right. Lesson of the evil. We were both pretty hyped for this based on that trailer. Danny, for you, did it live up to the hype? For me, I think it did. I'm going to go ahead and say for me it did. And, of course, us, while we're here, part of the reason why we're here is to talk about that. And what I think it's is really cool is that was our first experience with the film. Like, we didn't know anything about the film prior no, to seeing that trailer. But all those, the other flicks we'd either seen before or we knew the reputation about, of. Exactly. Because yeah, people talk about them. Right. I had never even heard of this film. Me prior. Yeah. No, like we were literally just looking through fucking Takashi's ridiculous fucking filmography. And I was like mousing over everyone and just seeing which one said horror. And we got to a couple of them and it says fucking horror movie. How how come I haven't even heard of this? Like people love this guy. How come they don't talk about this? And we watched that trailer and it's like, shit, we got to see this. (laughs) I'm still maybe torn on it lived up to the hype for me, but I definitely liked it. Yeah. Hype. Um, yeah, yeah. Not we'll like there was outside hype. No, I, know, I, know but saying, like, I know what you're saying. But that trailer sold it as maybe a little bit more kinetic than it is for most of the movie. Right, right. And then, I don't know. For me, this is another movie that I think <laughs> probably could have had like 15 minutes trimmed and you get yeah, a better it's, movie. It's a little long. I mean, I'm not going to argue with anybody there. It's a little long, even for my taste. Like, it could have been an hour 40 ish and I would have been fine with it. But I think the other thing for me is compared to the other flicks of his that we've covered, it's maybe a lot more straightforward. I would agree with that. I was going to say it's not that there. I don't think there isn't like no. It, it definitely does some like, of things. It helps with the second view. It definitely does in terms of like some of the maybe symbology and some of the meaning of what's going on. But it's not but like even, really heavy. No. I mean, you can piece it together pretty simple. It's not hard to piece together. It's really not. You it's don't really need not. to understand maybe some of the deeper things that he might be getting at, which it's is still even arguable yeah. in this movie. I'd say all those things are interesting, but that's about it, really. Yeah. It, at its heart, it's kind of just, wow, check out this fucked up scenario. <laughs> yeah, really. It's kind of dropping you in this, yeah, this scenario where, like, oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, all right. This is different. Which does make me wonder how accurate it is of an adaptation from that original novel. From what I've I've read a little bit about it, it seems like it's pretty damn accurate, pretty close. Even with the ending, it's pretty like what I was reading, mm-hmm. pretty similar. Okay. Like yeah, I'm like that's about all I can really say because I don't want to diverge too much from that. Because outside of that, I really don't know all the details. It's just. Some of the little bit of, of reviews I've read say it's pretty pretty damn accurate. Okay. That's interesting to know. Not that I think it probably did it dirty or anything, just right. like it right. out of curiosity because of the way it flows and stuff. Just, I wonder if there's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I no, guess, I know you're saying like, it's like you're trying to, same thing, because at first I had no idea it was based off of a, a novel either or a manga. It got, got maybe turned into a manga later, but yeah, that's about it. That's about all I really know. Inter- okay. Anyway, I guess, so less than the, like, I knew from the trailer that we were going to get the fucking teach shooting yeah, up kids by the end of the movie. Didn't know he was going to be, <laughs> like, a psychopath serial killer from the start. 
Precisely. And I would not have guessed from that trailer for an instant that as many of those fucking teachers were going to be fucking kids as they were. (laughs) Or trying to. Well, not from the trailer, but from his filmography. Look, uh, yeah, okay. (laughs) From his filmography, I I knew somebody was probably going to be diddling a kid. (laughs) Right, but there there was no way to derive that from the trailer alone. There was no no way to tell that. And the trailer also made it seem like it was going to be maybe more of a genre switch than I feel actually happens in this movie, which was a little bit disappointing because Takashi does do genre switches amazingly. Yeah, you can't. Another one of those things is hard to argue. And whereas this one, I felt like it was more of a blend and straightforward than an actual switch. Yeah, I don't feel there was a switch. No, I don't think there was necessarily... It's just that the focus becomes so much more tight in at the end of the movie because it's just one long sequence rather than these things building up to it over the course of a a week or whatever. Yeah, you're right. How do we want to start with this? Because it is... I'm finding it hard to figure out how to talk about just because of the way the B-plots interact in the beginning and where it comes to in the end. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Do we ever learn what his actual, like, motivations as a serial killer are? We know that he no, doesn't like the no. dude because he just does it for pleasure. Right. Which we indicates he has a reason. Oh, you would think. Yeah. Like, there's a cause and effect. And, you know, that that's not just a pure pleasure killing. Right. He feels like he's doing it because... Yeah, there's a... Blank? Right. It's intimated that, right? Why else would he snuff out homeboy? Right. That wouldn't make sense. He has a quote-unquote code, if you will, if you're Dexter fans. But we don't know what the code is, is the problem. Yeah, we never find that out because it's it's never revealed to us that I'm aware of. He does seem to be the one most against cheating. Mm -hmm. And we do see weird idiosyncrasies of his through the movie. He does seem to have a need to keep some things... Maybe not perfect, but like he has an idea of how things should be done. Right. You would think so, yeah. Even to the point where like he takes the moment in the middle of his rampage to like pick the astronaut back up after it accidentally falls over. There's a sense of order or honor or, you know, discipline or something of that nature. But I guess maybe that's one of the failings of this movie is like it's obvious he has a code, but I have no idea what it is, especially because he's somebody that's also fucking a student. Well,. It also could be just like, maybe it doesn't need a reason, just pure, like, complete, like, if you, not necessarily dark humor, but just it's it's absurdity, like, it doesn't make sense. Well, yeah, it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. It's Takashi, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, he will do some crazy shit. Maybe he doesn't need meaning. I mean, that's, David Lynch is big on that. Right. One of the things I loved, though, is how much fucking Mac the Knife is highlighted in this movie. I love Mac the Knife. I have for years and years. I've looked up the history of it many times in the past. So even when, like, during the dream slash flashback slash nightmare sequence, when his fucking American homie calls it the Mortat, I'm like, you need to call it more than that because you kind of fucked up because Mortat's just a name for a medieval murder ballad and it's particularly the Mortat von Maki Messer from the Three Penny Opera from Bertolt Brecht, uh, music written by Kurt Weil, who also did uh, like Pirate Jenny, which is probably most famously covered by Nina Simone. That's pretty cool. But he also wrote 
God, I can't remember the name of the song that it's pulled from, but it was somebody else's player opera. He had a song, Kurt Vile had a song in there that the Doors pulled for Moon of Alabama. You know, like the show me the way to the next whiskey bar. That's also pulled from a Kurt Vile piece, which explains why they actually kind of sound the same when you're like, oh, that's okay. Okay, I get you now. Dude had a style. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and they use different variations, you know, the different uh, renditions Mm -hmm. of the song as well throughout the film. That on the second view through, I know we haven't really talked about what all happens in this movie yet, but on the second go through, that was one of the things I actually appreciated more was because the version they use is kind of based upon what's happening. Like early on, when he's just doing his killings and doing everything in his planned out way, it's all the like super old vinyl German right. Moritat von Machimasser straight up. I don't know whose recording it was of it, but like it, you can tell it's an old recording. Right, exactly. Doing the Bertolt Brecht Three Penny Opera version. And then later on, when shit starts to go wrong, <laughs> He has to improvise, so you start hearing the jazz versions. I know we're I know we're still early in this episode, but this is a spoiler section regardless. It reminded me, when I say it, this film, it reminded me a little bit of the house that Jack built. A little mm. bit. There were moments of that in this film. And I think it has to do with maybe some of the flashback sequences and just some of the way the story is told. And you're dealing with somebody who's a complete sociopath, you know? On the surface, doesn't appear that way. Pfft. This guy doesn't. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. No. Hell no. So that's something I thought was interesting given the character and probably people's, what I mean, it's the audience. They view him in a certain way that was probably counter to his character in this film. That's what I'm getting mm-hmm. at. So that's like, that's another clever device in this film. Well, lo- even one of the police detectives. After and they show up, after th- yeah, and handsome, <laughs> and they all just look at him like, "The fuck you on?" <laughs> no, right? Like, what's that got to do with anything? But that's kind of what I'm getting at. I think that's maybe a slight little commentary thing, like, you know, using pop singers and stuff. Because I think one of the gals in the yeah, somebody was in a J-pop group. That's and- what I'm getting at. So you know, it makes sense, and it's not the first time we've encountered this. It won't be the last time either. But. I do like that. It kind of goes counter to how people view them in the public, you mm-hmm. know? And I was like, that's kind of cool that you can do that and kind of fuck with people in that domain, you know, in film. So I got, yeah, the movie starts, we find out he's a fucking killer from the get go. Yeah. His parents, uh, spe- specifically his dad are like, like we, we gotta, need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, our son, he needs to be institutionalized and son, in this case, you know, when we're talking specifically about uh, Hasumi, it appears like he's either A, already have the, he has this in mind, or, you know, he's overhearing. And, and he's like, oh, okay, that's enough. That's all I needed to hear. They got plans for me. I got plans for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah, blacks out, and we get him dropped, you know, in modern time as an adult at a school in Japan. I guess, I don't, what, he's an English teacher? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He's the English teacher. You know, and they're discussing, when I say they, the staff are discussing mm-hmm. cheating, specifically in the classrooms and what to do about it. They've been having a big problem with it. 
they they know it's happening because of the similarity of results between students who otherwise do not get similar results. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> but have no no ideas how to catch it. He's like, well, they're doing it with their cell phones, but we can't just take the cell phones from them and like all the shit that we could do would just make them hate us. And we can't have that either. Cause we have to fucking try to teach these kids and deal with them every day. Right. You don't want to like stir up dissent and all that stuff. So let's just, uh, put together a radio jammer, <laughs> a cell phone jammer illegally. Yeah. I mean, on the surface, once again, it appears like a good idea because it's like, Hey, we can just do it temporarily here in this little radius. As long as it doesn't go outside the school, we'll only turn it on during exams. Right. Then we'll be good. We, you know, yeah, it's illegal, but it's for the greater good. Mm-hmm. For the greater good. I know, once again, depends probably <laughs> on whose subtitles you have. But one of the other teachers' replies, I think, kind of sums up, like, a lot of what's going on with this character. Because one of the other teachers is just like, wait, breaking the law to stop cheating? That's all messed up. And he just sort of, like, looks like, oh, it is? And, like, sits down. Yeah. <laughs> But one of the teachers, and it might even be the radio club guy. Oh, sorry. He's like, go for it. <laughs> go for it. So, yeah, we learn. Uh, oh, no, I think Suri didn't want want to. I think there it was, was um, Panty Sniffer. Shibahari? Yeah. Shibahara, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex, I knew one of them encouraged him. He's like, yeah, go for it. I think it might have been Panty Sniffer. He's like, all right, fuck it. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. So... That's kind of what we learn is there's cyberbullying. One of the students, one of the female students, dad keeps it, you know, appearing and making a big fuss about his daughter being bullied and all this stuff. And the teachers are just kind of like sweeping underneath the carpet, which you could say is a commentary or a comment. How much was <laughs> she getting bullied? We never saw that. No, I, you know, it was more or less, I think, cyberbullying and, mm-hmm. you know, just that kind of stuff. As much as I want, like, a shorter version of this movie, and I think it would probably flow a little bit better, I also kind of feel like we don't spend enough time with the students. That's a solid point. Just to... Or maybe not that we don't get enough time with them, but there is another story going on there. Like, there's kind of like a a battle royale going on in the background of this. That's another film that you could, you know, if you wanted to do comparisons... You could say, yeah, there's there's a little bit of that in this film. We just don't get any of that viewpoint. No, no, we absolutely do not. Not that character development. But the few, maybe, but not the entire student body. I don't think there's any development so much as... Artists. One of the things that's really good about this movie is I do feel like there's good continuity there. Mm-hmm. Like, the students, each of them aren't just a background student. No. They're playing a character no, they who a has wants and motivations, and, like, you see, like... Certain girls are checking out certain guys, (laughs) and certain guys are checking out certain girls, which, if you're paying a lot of attention to that, you'll notice that they usually get killed pretty close to each other (laughs) in the end sequence. That makes sense. Which makes it even more tragic in a way, because they never got to... Yeah, it fits a theme with another reference in this film. Okay. And with that, I'm kind of glad it's the unrequited love. Mm-hmm. And they make mention of the uh, sorrows of young Werther, right. Gareth. So mm-hmm. that whole thing is about a guy who tragically loved a woman who was already engaged to somebody else. Right. And because of that, 
and it's a long history, he winds up popping himself. Mm -hmm. Tragically, it didn't work at first. <laughs> yeah, it's like you suffer for 12 hours in the story or some shit like Ooh, that. Jesus. Yeah, but because of that, it makes sense with some of the stuff that's going on in this film, why they would pair probably some of those couples. Mm -hmm. You know, specifically, there was one couple in particular that's, you know, we'll talk about. But it's like, okay, it's, it's interesting because it was also a motive for the crimes that he was doing in this film, too. Using the Werther effect, mm -hmm. the copycat, which is the copycat suicide murders, mm -hmm. based off this story, which was, it's rumored to be a, a true thing, but it's hard to tell whether or not it was or not. But anyway, yeah, whether it was or not, they treat it as true in the movie because they do like specifically bring it up. So. Yeah, so I was like, that's interesting too. So it's another little German reference he let he sprinkled in this film. Yeah, a lot of weird German references, man. Sometimes not it sure happens. what that's about. I, you know, you find influences in all kinds of places, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is some of his. I don't know. Where were we? We know he's a killer. He's trying to, like, fix things with the cheating. Right. Then we get in some of the side plots, which tie into the main plot by the end. You're right. Some of the main plot has to do with this group of students who are cheating with the cell phones. Mm -hmm. And because he does successfully jam the phones during a test... They think it's a different teacher doing it, not Hasumi. Mm -hmm. Now, that teacher actually overhears a couple of students talk about him. That, that was Suri. I really liked that scene. Yeah, Suri's good. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but he tells them, he's like, kind of be careful or, you know, watch somebody. out. Somebody might be able to hear you. Also, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Precisely, you know. So he kind of gives them a heads up, which I think is interesting. Once again, having the advantage, privilege sometimes of watching films multiple times is catching on those little details like that, like what he's actually saying to them or what it means. Or maybe there's a foreshadowing moment or something of mm -hmm. that nature. And I caught that a little bit in this film. Some of them are pretty obvious, but maybe first time around, not so much. Like, I totally missed the whole thing with the defibrillator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at first it records, it's just... And yeah, I was like, I wasn't even thinking about that shit. Because it's kind of set up, you're more focused on the kid, like, getting his nut off. See, I caught that it records, but I missed where it got knocked open in the final rampage. So when they opened yeah. it at the end to get the message, I was like, where the fuck did that come from? Right, and it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, they, but they, that's the thing, is like, they've already set this up. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it wasn't just like a throwaway little thing they put in the film. It's like, oh, it has some significance. It has a payoff. That was kind of a weird scene. Yeah, it was. Because it was like, comments it was it. like a, well, that was the thing. It's like, I feel like we've seen that scene in movies before where, you know, the fucking class clown gets <laughs> up to be part of the demonstration, makes some sort of crude joke. Usually at least half of the class laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time they're just like silent. Like, oh, what, what the, the fuck are you doing, yeah, what is bro? wrong with you? And why is a teacher like... Hey, you know, this thing records and, you know, hey, like, not get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> that stupid shit, <laughs> you know. So, once again, I think that's kind of maybe the commentary that's difference between the Eastern culture and, you know, mm -hmm. Western culture, if you will. It's just the way that our humor, maybe our sense of what the boundary is, what the limit is. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're not getting away with that here. Right, because I guess... We keep kind of dancing around it a little bit. It kind of feels like this film is slightly anti-Americanization. Yeah, I mean, somewhat. It is kind of the inverse, 
if you will, of, of Western values. <laughs> I don't think it's any coincidence that a school shooting is perpetrated by the English teacher. Yes. I mean, come on. Given the time period, too, I don't want to say the time period, but not that it's like a new thing. Hell, it's been gone on since probably even before that, man, when I was in school. Mm-hmm. We were thinking about that stuff. But it continues, unfortunately, and I can't say because of the time period, but it's just one of those things, and maybe it was the time was right to be like, hey, you know, we're also aware of what's going on, and we can comment on it and show you, you know, maybe a different perspective on it. You know, maybe show you how, like, serious this is, how Mm -hmm. really serious it is, you know, because it's like we can't sugarcoat these things, you know, and expect us to be like, oh, okay, you know, it's not as, I don't know, it's not as real as um, what they try to make it out to be on the television or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a lot more real, and we get that in this film. (laughs) You're like, holy shit, this is what the effects is. Yeah. I mean, this is the... The defib joke is something out of a fucking American sex comedy. Right on the money. Right? You know, but once again, it's just kind of cranked up. No pun, but it's cranked up a couple of notches further. And that's what I'm getting at. It's like, he's willing to push those boundaries. He's willing to push it past that. But it has the same payoff. It has the same effect as that. It's just, like I said, just cranked up. For, I wouldn't say the shock value, but, you know, maybe to make you feel a little bit more about it. I wonder if maybe that ties into some of the German stuff where it's like, is it, it's not 100% a mistake, but we have to take a look at how much of a mistake it could be to follow the West in things. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything with, with analyzing and critiquing, you know, if you Mm -hmm. make valid points and if, you know, as long as you're able to construct those, those ideas, what led you to that, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, possibly. I can't say that for certain. I don't Me know. Either. Like I said, Me this either. this film seems, this is going to sound mean, it seems dumber than most of his other movies. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's not that I, there I isn't things no. there, but... No, but I, I, I know you're coming from, too, and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, this, this film was, like, one of the best ever. <laughs> it's not. It's not. But I still think it's kind of clever in what it's trying to, mm-hmm. when I say trying to do, more so than, like, it's actually executing, if you will. Other than um, it's for what it's for sure doing. Right. There's things where, like, it might be doing this, yeah, but we know like, for sure it's doing this. And some of it, is it even necessary? It's like, no, maybe it's just interesting little, like, things he wanted to throw and sprinkle in to give mm-hmm. this character, I don't know, this, this different error, you know, aristocracy, this fake facade, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wanted to be more Western in his approach, this particular character. And Ian, like you were saying, maybe this is the path that leads down. Yeah, or it can. You just right. have to be on the lookout for it. Right. And But not necessarily that the traditional ways are any better, because we got fucking... I, I know, dude. We have the other cool teacher, the fucking drummer. Yeah, who's sniffing panties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And is implied Black to have done more than... Right, that's just what... Well, that's the, um, that's the main B-plot wow. that comes up in the beginning, is that yeah. we find out that... Like Chick steals teacher, from right? a star or from a from a store. The gym teacher finds out about it, talks to her about it, but records her uh, while they talk about it, and then blackmails her with that to fuck around with her, and makes her put out. Mm-hmm. And she confides in Hasumi about that, and the teacher 
believes it's like students because he take he kind of takes it out on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of it. Shows you like from that point forward, like okay, that's just one, and then you learn there's more. Like <laughs> okay, this is getting. Right. Well, really what, do we even know what that did? That, was that the? I'm going to guess the art teacher just based on his house. Yeah. 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 Do yeah, they yeah. ever identify what he actually teaches? Not that I'm aware of. But we do, in a just weird roundabout way, maybe weird roundabout way, find out that I'm going to say art teacher based on the fact that That's he seemed to be working I mean on art shit. Right. That's what I mean by roundabout way. <laughs> Is sleeping with one of the male students yes and because that is known by hasumi he uses that as a way to gain access to that dude's house right so he because in the midst of mia who is the student who was mm-hmm. you know getting blackmailed by shibahara kume is the teacher who we're talking about the arts teacher who's having an affair with the other kid yeah all right so mia and Hasumi are hooking up because she kisses him up there on the, the roof. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and he's like, I can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, this is cool. And so because what we're just talking about now, Kume, Mr. Kume, is having an affair with Majima. That's his name. Okay. Majima. Yeah, he uses that as a blackmail to use that dude's pad to hook up with Mia. <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> it's still fucked up. He's using, yeah, Two different people's affairs with kids to his advantage. Now, he's mostly using the affair with Mia to use her access to the students' message the boards. The student message boards to rile shit up. Right. Because what we're learning is what Because about he hides Werther, things as suicides. Right. The Werther effect I was talking mm-hmm. about. He used that at a previous school, and that was what Suri was finding out. Mr. Suri. Mm-hmm. Right. He drops a, a little bit of a hint to the cops after one of the kids goes missing and shit. Yeah, he's like, yo, he used to work at this school. And they're like, yeah, so? And he's like, no, this school. Yeah, this particular school, bro. <laughs> go take a look. He's like, oh, shit, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And then the other student, he drops the hint to him. He's like, dude, what were you talking about? What are you, so you talking about me? He's like, no, I was actually talking about Mr. Hasumi at that school again. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about how Mr. Hasumi used to work at, I can't remember the name of the school. Yeah. This school. This particular school. I've got it written down, but yeah, this particular school. Uh, Kitahara. I okay. That's what it was. And so, yeah, uh, amidst all of this shit, which I think this is really interesting because um, at some point they have a conversation, Mr. Suri and I think that, yeah, oh, let me see. Keisuke. Yeah, Keisuke. They have a, a conversation in the classroom, but they don't realize that the room is bugged. Which calls back to Suri being like, you don't know who's listening. Which is good. Like, so that's a callback because we're learning that fucking Hasumi is, um, he's listening he's, to that shit. Which that was a wild revelation. You're like, oh, this guy's even more fucked up than I thought. Yeah. Well, I know what really kicks some of that stuff off is that parent of the girl. Mm-hmm. Keeps like complaining. I think as uh, Reka, her dad. Yeah, and uh, he uses that guy's like use of water bottles to fend off cats. Is that a thing? I don't know, but apparently in this film it is. Like, what do? Do they not like the 
light reflecting maybe through? yeah maybe they see their own reflection and they spook somewhere so i don't know i don't know I'm, i've never heard of that before though it's it's new on me too but it replaces the water with kerosene and unfortunately for mr uh whatever his name is he throws his cigarette butt out and it causes an explosion kills him and that's what sets off like i think that's what sets off the investigation at first mm-hmm is that guy's untimely death. And then because of um, one of the students, Tadanume, he's the one who's like the ringleader of the cheating. They suspect him of doing that shit. That's where Hasami's like, hey, let's go out for drinks. Makes a kid disappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sets it up as something else. You know, and that's when that kind of shit starts unraveling because that's when I think Mia's kind of like, Hold on, wait a minute. And it's like he disappears, and people are his friend is suspicious, but he's not a hundred percent suspicious because Tade had already been talking about taking off after the exam. And right. Like, so there's it just some of it's coincidental, some of it's like oh maybe it's a little <laughs> too coincidental, you know. So that's what kind of like sets these things in motion. And then man, I tell you what, I it's, know we're it's kind weird of to talk about because it, but... I know the movie puts all of those events in a specific order, but it honestly really doesn't matter what order those events happen in as long as they're all established before the ending happens. You know what I mean? Right. And what really, what I think what really, 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 really sets things like unwinding, unfurling is the fact that Mrs. Suri gets whacked by Mr. Hasumi in the subway Mm -hmm. on the train, you know, because then the the teachers are like you know talking about oh he killed himself and that other kid Kesuke, it freaks him the fuck out he runs off he's like um I was just learning all these things about him yeah and then he gets offed that ain't good magnificent <laughs> you're like oh no because the kids he found out the kid he's like oh no it was bugged <laughs> yeah and it's. We don't know this. It's it's presumed at this point that he probably offed him. That one girl's looking for him. And he's like, oh, you caught me. He's like, oh, you caught me in here crying. I didn't want anybody to see me. But he's really got the kid bound up. Mm-hmm. And I guess he takes him back to his place, interrogates him about some of the stuff that had been going on, like some of the students on the message boards who was cheating, all so this other shit. The whole soldering iron bit was one of those bits that's actually like – just really well done in the movie because it's one of those things where like you can imagine what's happening but you really don't see him do anything except press the glowing tip against his cheek before the camera moves away and that's effective still it's still yeah it's done in a very effective way in a way that yeah i thought was really neat but mostly because i knew how effective it would be on other audiences (laughs) and not quite me not necessarily us (laughs) and that's fine but we learn through some of the inner dialogues that that kid Katsuke didn't really confess anything, and because he hadn't actually told anything, I know. And <laughs> but that made Hasumi. He was like he was kind of impressed by that. But that I think right from that point, that's when shit starts to spiral. Well, I mean, it starts to spiral a bit there, but I think it starts spiraling in the way where he's like, "Look, I just have to wrap up and maybe get out of this school." Yeah. It doesn't spiral in the way that leads no, to. No. I mean, the right, end sequence. right now, this is like his plan is kind of is going in motion, if you will. But I think because for me, when you start getting these flashbacks, because the the guy, Mister Suri, he was laying out some stuff to Kesuke in that classroom. He's like, "Look, there's a weird timeline. I found this shit when I was looking at his resume." He's like, all right, here's the kid when he was at this age. Then he went to this school. Then he went to Harvard and became, you know, um, 
what was he doing? Like uh, investments, mm-hmm. right? And then he stopped doing that, and then he got. Um, and then he suddenly just starts high school teaching. Yeah, so there was like all these weird gaps in between, like that didn't make sense. But in one of those, his parents were stabbed to death by an intruder, mm-hmm. and a kid got stabbed in the back. And then we see like what kind of happened at that other school with the suicides, and so we're getting a little bit of that. That's what I mean. It's like, and I think it might be understated. I don't know how much you looked into this or read into this. Did you look at anything he was t- or what was shown? Specifically with those the ravens or the crows in this film. So I was about to bring up the ravens. Because yeah. first off, that's also a weird... So Odin isn't German, but right. the Nazis really liked <laughs> Norse mythology. And there was Germanic versions of those gods. So like Wotan is a thing. Yeah. So who is basically go. just Odin. So that's a... <laughs> And he, you know, there's this very specific speech that he gives about thought and memory, Hugin and Munin and stuff. What I thought was interesting is also just sort of how the imagery sort of relates to the end in a way where he's setting this up and then there still ends up being this one person on the outside looking in. Like, so, because what happens with the Ravens is they don't call attention to it, but if you pay attention to where he rigs that stand on, he had already tried putting on the spikes to discourage birds from sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And so he rigs up this thing where they can't sit on these places, but then he puts a metal perch just above those that they can sit on that he then waits (laughs) to flip a fucking electricity switch to kill the fucking ravens. Yeah, exactly. But one of them gets electrocuted, one of them gets away, and then it turns out there's an all-natural perch just 10 feet above there that he can't do shit about, and that raven's just still going to sit there and And look at him and fucking caw and do its thing. Right. Which is kind of like at the end, he tries to do all this shit, but somebody still gets away on the outside looking in. Which, like I said, I think it's telling, too, on, on which one of those ravens dies, which one doesn't. You know, if you're looking at it from the uh, symbolism or the symbology behind it or whatever, and like I said, maybe that's just this way. And I was like, if I'm if I'm gonna look at it that way, like with uh, the the Hugin mm-hmm. bird, which was like tied to thought, yeah, right. And he's getting flashbacks; his thoughts are coming back to him. Of these, well, there's thought and memory, so he's having memories come right. back, and yeah, you know. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's part of. That from that burr, like he's recollecting these things, and maybe he doesn't want to, but there's still part of his mind, which is the moonin, mm-hmm. that is there that won't ever let him escape. That that's the one that's mm-hmm. critiquing him, you know, if you will. So I was like, yeah, that's that's a solid point too. Even though it's like, how was it necessary? Not really, but I still think it was clever. You know, well, and it's also a weird like the name of the movie is Lesson of the Evil. In a way, that's the evil lesson you know what yeah, i mean like yeah, yeah, he teaches this bird something <laughs> using evil yeah. but it doesn't quite work out in his favor even like that's true he still has to dance around shit and finagle mm-hmm. his way through things you know yeah it's i kind of like putting on a show you know mm-hmm. it's still hiding the real essence of what it is but once it this still all feels a little bit sloppy, right? Like it yeah. could have been tied in a little bit. I do love the end though when he oh, sees her gosh. with the uh, the cloudy eye. That's pretty dope, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fucking one eye. Yeah, it's pretty good. But 
Yeah, once, uh, this is what I put, it's like, after uh, Kesuke's death, it was revealed to Hasumi um, that he had a killing partner, that dude Clay, back in uh, Harvard. And that's the part of the movie where I'm like, oh yeah, Mike made this movie. Because yeah, like, that dream what's sequence is wild, and like, homie's just suddenly talking in English, which, I mean, makes sense, they're in America, but right. it's like, feels whoa. out of place with the rest of the movie in a big way it but really in does. a fun way like no i really enjoy that because it's still tying into what suri was talking about like the missing gaps what was going on and well this is what was going on it's just <clears throat> this is what's triggering these thoughts now you know it's like all right this is clever and it's kind of fucked up because they're killing together but we've already mentioned it hasumi has some line where he's like if you kill him for fun, I have a problem with that. I want to off you, which he does. And mm-hmm. then uh, lights the homeboy on fire. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Honestly, that whole sequence, I really dug. Um, he has that. Then he has like that nightmare or a little wake up. He, yeah, the, the, the German dude telling him he won't be let back in the United States. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Like basically tell him he's exiled. He's getting framed or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, so this is his only option. Go back to Japan. Like, all right. He talked about like the difference between being a psychopath and killing and and being in like politics and like these high stake games like where people like you aren't really a part of the equation because you don't fit in mm-hmm. to what they're you know what their, I guess their ultimate goal is. We gotta we gotta get you out of here. <laughs> You're just here to kill. Was that when he was working at Morgan Stern? Perhaps. Perhaps because it looked like it could have been a colleague that he killed. Also, let, let's point this out. He was working at Morgan Stern, which would translate to Morningstar, which is Lucifer. Money. Mm-hmm. There you go. That makes sense, too. Another critique of the West, you know, didn't say Wall Street, but stock market, you could say all that shit. Mm-hmm. Once again, though, I think I don't think it's a super harsh critique. No, or otherwise, I think parts of this movie would stand out in bigger ways. I absolutely. think it's more of a warning. Like, I think there is influence point. here that maybe we should take point. a look at that we don't need to be doing. I think that's a solid point. I think that's a very solid point. Yeah, right, because they would. I think they would play it up more if, they, if it were more of a dire situation, if you will. This is mm-hmm. like I said, it's more of a warning. <laughs> We're saying it's not a dire situation when he's about to off at like a quarter right, of the school. Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> that is the complete direst of all of those. So, yeah, after he kind of comes out of that, you know, flashback sequence with his homeboy there in Harvard and uh, coming back to Japan, he sets in motion that uh, he needs to do away with Mia because she's starting to figure some shit out with him and the message boards and mm-hmm. Tade going missing, and uh, he starts to write a suicide letter for her. <laughs> On the message board. And the school happens to have like a graduation party for his class and I think another class or something like that. And um, he invites her back up to the roof. He lays out some things nice and neat for her. And then uh, he winds up smashing her over the head and then dunking her over the roof. You're like, oh shit, he offed her. But first, he grabs them panties to set yes. up uh, Shibahara. Yep, he's like, that's a little gift from homeboy. Unfortunately for another girl, she's right outside the door, and he's like, oh, well, about that. (laughs) He offs that bitch. (laughs) And that's when it changes to jazz, because now he has to improvise. Now he becomes, yep, Mac the Knife. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mackie Massa. Before that, it's all proper versions. 
so to speak. Exactly. He has to improvise jazz kind of improvisation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That changes plans for him because she just kind of blew it <laughs> for him. <laughs> so he's like, all right, what's plan B? Oh, I know what plan B is. Homeboy sleeping with that other student. So maybe I can just have him go fucking love crazy. I know. Isn't that wild, man? So he's setting up all these kind of like, I don't know. He's just like a manipulator and he sets up framing, these scenarios. Saying, yeah, he's framing things. Even if he doesn't know that he set this up, he's like, oh, I can use this. Right. He has some outlets if things go awry for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Shibahara is a way to get rid of him with the panties that gives him suspicion and all that stuff. Like, okay, oh, this is confirmed. Uh, which is wild because we see three students who are just kind of like hanging out. And they run, I guess they run into Shibahara who has like on the drum kit. Mm-hmm. Wilding out. These kids are loving it. Yo, until Hasumi shows up and literally blasts them all. <laughs> like, okay. This is really going down. And then he throws panties to homeboy. And he sniffs them and he's like, oh, Mia. And then he blasts him in the face. And then all the students upstairs are hearing that shit. And they're like, uh, what's going on? You know, they're like, they're just, but it's not until the announcement. And then that's when they like start to go into panic mode. So I think even in like action movies that have a lot more of it, this section is not realistic but is maybe some of my favorite gunplay representation in a movie because they made that shotgun seem mean in a way that once again, when it's hitting people, it's not realistic, but but some of just like the jerkiness and like the power that it seemed to have compared to what I feel like we see a lot in movies where guns might as well be fucking shooting lasers sometimes for as little as like not just they react but it's like the environment yeah, reacts and shit some of it can be crazy because you're not sending somebody flying a fucking cross room if you're shooting them with a shotgun like no, what happens no, to a couple of these yeah, kids yeah. but some of the times he misses and like gets a door or something it's fucking it up a lot more than we see most of the time mm-hmm. and I think when he's firing it they're probably I couldn't tell for certain, but I think they're dropping frames right there to make that motion just a little bit jerkier. It could be. You probably could be right. I didn't really think about that. But. Something about it didn't seem as clean as smooth and smooth as what we normally see from movie gunplay. Nice. To yeah, me. Yeah. Especially having grown up around guns. So, like, yeah. I've seen this shit a lot. Like, I, it's not a big deal for me to go, like, go pull out a 12-gauge and go fucking shoot some shit. Like... At least growing up. I don't have a 12-gauge these days. I know. um, First time around watching this, because we did pick this one out a couple weeks in advance Mm -hmm. of doing it. So we had a little bit of time to prepare. And because we had both had already seen Visitor Q, and because I own a copy of it, too, you know, I had an advantage. It's like, you know what? I picked up a copy of this, and this is what I'm kind of getting at, is upon my first view, and that was done last week, not this past week, but the week prior, when I got to this point, the film, this is where I was like, oh, sh- shit. Okay. <laughs> all right. This is what the trailer was all about. Mm-hmm. Now where are they going to go with it? You know, and not that I was surprised per se. It's, um, I was just like, man, I wasn't expecting the whole fucking student body to get whack like that. I think that's almost, 
it's weird to say that like the section that I'd probably cut down the most is what I normally like the most, yeah. which is the killings. But it honestly seemed in this like they were just checking off boxes like, oh, shit, we established that this student exists. So this one has to get killed. Yeah. We established well, this one exists. So this one has to get killed. We established yeah. this if one. You exists. show up on frame. Guess what? Sorry. Yeah. Because because it feels like otherwise they're like, otherwise the audience is going to assume some got away. Yeah. And we don't want that. So most of the last 20 minutes of the movie is just bouncing between student group yep. to student group, and he's off. And it, it basically, that's what you're getting. So for, you know, the fans, the gorehounds, and things of that nature, I mean, it does... Not very gory. It's very not, bloody. Yeah. It's, I will say that. You're right. It's not very gory. It is very bloody in that respect. But you you can say it does a, a fair, you know, a fairly decent job of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting body counts. That's without a doubt. That's what you're looking for. And not that they're creative. I've seen a lot more creative. Some of them are, quote unquote, um, heartbreaking. <laughs> Some of them are fucking funny. Some of them are definitely black humor. The oh, fucking the kid that when he gets them at the top of the stairs in that. Oh, yeah, that's just. Funny. And the one kid jumps up on the railing and isn't sure whether he's going to like jump off or do what, whatever. <laughs> and he just like stops firing, walks over, pushes them off. <laughs> <laughs> and, oop. There you go. That I laughed at quite a bit, actually. Even that was even the girl and the guy that are on the ledge. Mm, oh yeah, he's like, it's "Why your fucking fall? Why did you close the window?" <laughs> yeah, this is all you're doing. He said, "That's what you get after you get shot, and then you get shot." <laughs> like, fuck. Not sure if this was intentional or not, but that's the bit that has the window that was left open was in the room with the moon landing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So he notices that they're outside because of the some wind. fabric waving yeah commentary on the fake moon landing mm, perhaps why did you leave the window open yeah why is this knocked over this prop mm-hmm. maybe maybe not in a way saying that it happened or not but no, just sort of like laughing at the fact that like fun at it mm-hmm. yeah even if it's the poking fun at the theory or whatever it's still, yeah, still clever. That might be a stretch, but I was like, it popped into my uh, mind when I was watching it. And yeah, like, I mean, I, I don't see why else that wouldn't be in there. You know, like, there's some sly references to the West here mm-hmm. in this film, so. Well, I think it might be right before that bit, maybe right after. He sits down for a second, and he just asks himself, or he talks to himself, and he's like, united we stand, divided we fall. Had I taught them that yet? Yeah. So. <laughs> it's another one of those things, man. You're right. He does say that in the classroom. Mm-hmm. When he's kind of pondering things over. <laughs> Which also would have made a difference. Like, yeah. I, he, I, I think he says it out loud because of the weird Western commentary in this movie. But it's also a valid question for his character to ask. Because if they would have teamed up on him, yeah. maybe only a couple of them would have got killed. Oh, rather than all of them you know uh, all right there's a there's a few things and we're pretty much at the end of this film right I mean, you know what I mean? most of it is we'll it's we'll just, talk about the ending here in a second yeah. but there's literally like 20 minutes of him just going group to group and fucking killing kids yeah there there were a few deaths that i thought were like had a pretty decent payoff one mm-hmm. of them was majima which is the kid who was having the affair with mr kume uh, our teacher, right? He gets alone in a room together, and uh, I can't remember what Hasumi exactly what he says to him. 
Yeah, and he wound up shooting him. Like, he blasted him in the stomach. I'm like, oh, goddamn. And the kid kind of overdoes his, like, mm-hmm. you know, his death thing. And he pulls out that little blade and goes after him. Gets jabbed right in the throat. And Hasumi kind of, like, circles around him while he's still got him stuck. Mm-hmm. And then pulls it out. And then you see that gush of blood come out of him. I'm like, all right. That was pretty gruesome. That kid got fucked. That kid got fucked up. Any little hope he had at attacking him, as soon as he got stabbed, that was over with. So that uh, getting back also to the uh, defibrillator in the recording, I can't remember exactly where in the sequence of like him chasing down the kids, but they are in that class or that room. I don't know if it's a classroom, but in that room, and he shoots, and it I guess it falls off the wall, mm-hmm. and that's where there's like a conversation about him. Doing what he's doing. Yeah, one of the kids like, Hasume, why are you doing this? Yeah, and he says, well, I can't remember exactly what he says, but that's that's where I'm like, oh, okay, 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 okay. They're doing, you know, these connections with what happened earlier in the film by setting it up that it records. And then, yeah, it's recording. Yeah. And then what happened later on, we're about to get to. But, I, you know, I like some of those things. Oh, the, the eye. We saw the eye in the trailer. Or the Cronenberg yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. So that, to me, was a little bit of a letdown. Not gonna lie. It, me too. Yeah. I mean, like, it was kind of neat. Yeah. Because it's... And, like, in context, it's... He's still kind of having visions in a way. And it's, it's it. his homeboy talking to him. Yeah, no, I was like, I get it. I get it's it. fucking he's, Chad he's or whatever his name was. Clay. But regardless, it's he's fucking going wacky in the head. And he's having a dude talk to him because of the song and all that other stuff. The connection to that. Right. Because I was that guy's well, thing song. A, yeah. I mean, he, well, like we said, he's having to improvise now. So now it's all being done to the jazz version, right. which was that cat's theme song deal. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I get that. But I was still kind of hoping weirder to, you know, the yeah. Kashi weird. When you see stuff like that with the Kashi, it's like, oh, there's some weird, like really, really weird stuff going on that defies just like, oh, this guy's just. Having a little psycho moment. Yeah, I was no, hoping it was, was going to be real. More than that. Yeah. I'm like, or yes. quote unquote, real. I was hoping it was sister or something like that, brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but no, you know, whatever. Once he thinks he's run through all the students, like he's what he's figured he killed the last student. They also set that up with the, what was it, like the fire escape shoot. Mm-hmm. So they set that up. One of the kids is, you know, he was clever enough to know that was kind of a, a decoy. And so they dropped some bodies down. That get blasted. In their own uniforms, even. Right. They, they, yeah, they took the time to take their clothes off, dress those bodies up, yeah, drop them down. The teacher comments, he's like, that's graduation. You know, happy mm-hmm. graduation. Now, one of the kids from earlier did tell one of the guys at, like, a bus stop or wherever the fuck he was at to call the cops. And so it's not too long after that the cops show up. He's kind of planned it like he's setting up Mr. Kume because he's wearing his shoes. I re- sets them out all nice and stuff. I really like that last bit before the cops come in because he's sitting there talking to himself and he's he's going over the plan. He's like, okay, so this is what happened. He's like, the you know, uh, you know, jealous love rage, whatever fucking goes crazy. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it's also weird because she did commit suicide, but that's kind of unrelated. It's She had her own shit going on yeah. and like go check you know, homeboy's body, I think that's going to probably corroborate it, <clears throat> thanks to him planning the panties on yeah, it, or giving him the panties. There's smell on it. And he's like, man, there's still some holes and it's too complicated. And he's like, but I love the comment where he's like, wait, I'm not the one that has to come up with a simple explanation. 
that's up to the police. Precisely. Yep. He just has to know just enough to get away with what he needs to get away with. Mm-hmm. The rest is up to them to piece together. <laughs> that's some psycho shit. I <laughs> but loved it's that bit, though. That was good. Yeah. That's a good... Not necessarily... It's kind of a commentary, but not in the way we're like... I don't yeah, think he's trying to make a point about it, but more like, no, this is what their job is. They're not there when this happens, and they have yeah. to come up with a story of how it happened. I can't do their job for them. Yeah. <laughs> I can't incriminate myself. Just give them, give them just enough. Mm-hmm. That's all he needs. But yeah, unbeknownst to him, in the midst of all of that, because it looks like it's working, is there's two students who survived. And if I'm not mistaken, one of them is Reka. Which is the girls whose dad at the beginning is the one who got killed in that mm-hmm. explosion, right? And the other one was uh, the kid named Nagoshi. He was a part of um, a group earlier who were, I think he was with um, uh, Keisuke. And it, it might have been girls. Uh, it was uh, Mia. Okay, then it wasn't yeah, Mia. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was Mia, Keisuke, and like the Nagoshi kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Nagoshi, he's the one who made it out with uh, Reika. Now, you know, they were like, hey, no, he did this. He's a psycho, blah, blah, blah. Fortunately, because of what we talked about earlier, that defibrillator had the recording. They played it back. Well, yeah. Well, the cops it. Are, it seemed to be almost about ready to just dismiss the kids because they're like, right. something super crazy has gone on. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just fucking. Yeah, because he's, he's just, when I say he has to me, he's just like, oh, you know, he's just, he's thankful for the kids got out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no. <laughs> And this is where I think it's like, man, this is pretty gnarly. The ending's kind of wild, too, is Reka, she's claiming, you know, that, no, he's not really doing, like, the will of God, the God's will defense mm-hmm. because of the whole Odin thing. And, you know, <laughs> he's blaming on, like, God told him that because the kids were demons. You know, it's like, no, he's starting his next game. And then he starts to, like, starts to, yeah, snap his fingers and... He's whistling back the knife. He basically becomes fucking Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3 for a minute. Yeah, and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, and it's... But he seems to be just, like, stuck on freewheeling mode now. Yeah, and he's going for it. He's he's That's his next angle. And then shortly thereafter that, it's revealed that Mia actually didn't die, or just, she's hanging on. But she's like, how's it been? Mm-hmm. And it says, to be continued... And that's that. And then it goes into, uh, yeah. And it's never been continued. No, no, no. Not as far as I looked. Ten years going and we haven't got a sequel yet. But, man, just from the trailer alone, right, not knowing what this film was, what it was about. I mean, the trailer kind of gives you a little bit of that, but not in full. Right, 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 right. I was like, yeah, it's not a bad film. It's not his strongest film. But it's it's still one I think that if you're a fan of and you still want to, like, do some check marks in your, you know, Takeshi Miike watching. It's not a bad one either. Mm-mm. It's not a bad one. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, two hours and some change. It's like, yeah, it's a little long, dude. It, I could have been fine with, like I said, an hour 42, 3, 4, 5, something like that. Yeah, about maybe not even, maybe even like hour 50. That still knocks 19 yeah, okay minutes off. That. I'm fine with that too. Like, it doesn't, uh, there's some stuff that I could have been pared down. You know, yeah, I could, I, without a doubt. But um, I think it does enough to to where I like seeing the violence. We didn't yeah. have to see every fucking kid get off. No, no, no. I was like, wow, that was no shit. It's it like was this is still going. Over, it's literally overkill. <laughs> <laughs> but all I was saying is, I like the little tidbits that he throws in there with like some of the references. 
if you don't know them, it makes it interesting to go research them, like the references we've been talking about the entire film. So in that regard, it's like, yeah, that's cool. Was it necessary? Not really. Not really. It's just like a neat little caveat or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad I, I watched it. I'm glad I finally got to, uh, yeah. you know, see some other stuff in his catalog as well. It just adds my, you know, viewing experience and gives me a little bit more uh, shit to talk about about him in general. So, yeah, yeah and there's still more horror movies of his for wow. us to get to. Yeah, there so. are. So, I mean, that's another reason to just keep knocking them off. Now, I don't think we had mentioned this before, but we're going on a tour of Asia. Yeah, I like those. So we started off Japan. Next week, we're going to be popping over to China. We're going to get ourselves a little bit of the whaling. I know. It's another one of those that we've been talking about for a bit. I haven't even watched a trailer for this movie. We might after we we get done recording here. But I continually see it in the top ten of people's fucking horror film lists. Continually. Same here. here. Uh, So I'm insanely curious about how good this hopefully is i know it's another fucking long movie <laughs> yeah i know right? we got our homework to do and it, is it okay. a ghost story i i think so but once again i don't know 100 but i'm i'm pretty certain it is motherfuckers <laughs> i know and people know how we feel about that but you know what i'm ready to be surprised let's yeah put that way. no absolutely like look we've ran into ghost stories we liked yeah that's no lie there it's just you're going uphill. Yeah, you gotta you got a, a little bit of a struggle with us. <laughs> but we also already have the next time after that plan too. Yeah, we do, which is gonna be fun as well. Killers, right? Yeah. I was trying it was either that or Impedagor. I couldn't remember for a second, but Yeah, but no, I think we go with killers, yeah. Killers from the Mo brothers. Damn, dude. Indonesia. Going back to Indonesia. Dude. Having some fun with the Mo's. Hey, Kimo I- and Timo. What, what's it been like two or three times now that we've we've visited Indonesia? It's been wild every time. <sighs> but fun, man. Yeah, every I'm saying. I'm, time. Not, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Rumadara. Yeah, we did that. We did. Um, was it El for libido? Which make a full version of that, bros? Yeah, make a Queen full of version Black of Magic. it. Queen of Black Magic was great. Yeah, well, so. not, I would say Rumadara was better, but oh Queen yeah, of Black yeah, Magic yeah. was. Fun. It was so fun. Yeah, 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 and. Uh, Original Queen of Black Magic was better. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. For kind of weirder reasons. I know, it was interesting, <laughs> but it was still fun. It was like, it was interesting. Yeah, regardless, I had a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, yeah absolutely. I have nothing necessarily bad to say about no. that movie. Or did I? I don't remember. No, we go listen to our episode. I <laughs> know, <Yeah>, right? <laughs> you caught up. Yeah, we talked about... Anyway, so, yeah, Japan, China, Indonesia. Yeah. We're going to hit some just sort of Pan-Asian there a little bit. And I don't know. I mean, well, no. Then we also know the week after that because then yeah. that's going to be back I'll to our up. Patreon episode. We're going to be hitting some Wizard of Gore. So yeah, we've got the OG. We actually did a pretty decent job of getting. Some you know what? On. I think we might have to interrupt one of those. I'm going to take a look at that here in a sec. Oh yeah, considering because we got a holiday coming up. Yeah, I just I just noticed that. Okay. We'll have it planned better before we get there, but we're going to have to interrupt one of those because yeah, we got a holiday okay. coming up next month. But, but you know what? At least we have all that stuff planned regardless, and we'll give you a heads up when our holiday hits. That's right. Yeah, Wailing next time. Wow, I'm excited. Fun. Lesson of the Evil. I'm glad we watched it. Yeah, likewise. Also, <laughs> it's wild to say what this movie is. Wow, no shit, right? 
Cause like you heard me have to do it right before we started recording. I was recording another one of my podcasts. Co-hosts were leaving. Like, oh, what are you guys doing this week? We're like, a uh, lesson of the evil. It's kind of a Japanese horror comedy. Yeah. About a serial killer teacher who goes on a rampage and kills a bunch of fucking high school students. What? Yeah. Yeah. And like same thing, my girlfriend texted me last night. She's like, what movie are you guys covering this week? I think she wanted to come over and like watch movies. Oh, wow. About that one. Like, I think I think that's kind of what she was getting at. Yeah. And I'm like, because, you know, depending on the movie, she doesn't like horror. I understand, um, But depending, like, she doesn't hate it, depending on the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's watched uh, Dead Alive with me, Pet Cemetery. Nice. The new one. Uh, We actually went to the theaters for that one with one of her really good friends. Nice, dude. Oh, yeah. um, So, you know, it's it's sometimes an option. But then when I was like, yeah, so Lesson of the Evil. She's like, what's that? I'm like, it's Japanese. It's a serial killer teacher killing a bunch of students. She's like, oh, nope. I'm like, it's actually kind of weirder and more fun than it sounds. But yeah, no, you still wouldn't like it. (laughs) It's definitely not for everyone. Like, it's it's not what I just made it sound like, but it's also you're not going to like it. <laughs> it's kind of like we said last week. You have to know your audience when you're talking mm-hmm. about these films. Mm-hmm. I think that's it for this time. I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, The easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. You can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. Not going to give you all those ads. So, with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace.